Did you know that within a decade, women will hold $30 trillion in investable assets? Yet somehow, only 19% of women reported feeling confident in selecting investments that align with their long-term goals. Our friends at InvestHer are out to change that. InvestHer Con is the number one premier conference for women in real estate, and it's happening June 2nd through the 4th in Austin, Texas. InvestHerCon is not just another real estate conference. It's a transformational experience focused on real estate investing, business strategies, and self-care tactics, all designed to help women take control of their financial futures. Gain the knowledge and skills you need to grow your portfolio and build a sustainable business, all while connecting with over 500 women who are playing at the same level. To learn more and to get your tickets, visit InvestHerCon.com today and use the code 100BESTEVER to get $100 off your ticket. That's InvestHer, H-E-R, Con.com, promo code 100BESTEVER to get $100 off your ticket. Find one or two, maybe three at the most, depending on how much you love the book at this point, chapters that you actually want to read that are going to help you accomplish your outcome or your goal. First, a quick word from our best ever partner, PropStream. PropStream is an all-in-one platform that gives you the tools you need to reach more leads, book more meetings, and close more deals with less work. With PropStream, you can find vacant and off-market properties in seconds, nationwide or specific to any zip code. You can skip trace owner information, find cash buyers specific to an area, and find other investors to potentially partner with or fund your deals. PropStream provides you the comprehensive data and market insight you need to be at the top of your real estate game. PropStream also features state-of-the-art marketing tools that allow you to send out direct mail postcards and ringless voicemail. Even if you're not in real estate, PropStream can help you locate high net worth individuals to invest in your non-real estate business or if you are in real estate, then you can find them to invest in your real estate business. You can use this tool to find people who have millions of dollars in equity in their homes, and you can reach out to them via email, telephone, or snail mail. This is the perfect real estate investing tool for wholesalers and real estate agents, real estate investors, and entrepreneurs. I love how easy the PropStream website is to use. With a few clicks, you can review comps in the area or estimate rehab costs prior to purchasing a property. Act now to take advantage of the plethora of properties that have and will continue to hit the market during this time. And best ever listeners, do you know we got something special for you? You're going to receive a free seven-day all-access trial to experience all the features this powerful tool has, and you'll experience it firsthand. Just go to your7dayfreetrial.com. That's Y-O-U-R, the number seven, day freetrial.com. Get started with this. Get your seven-day free trial and start growing your business even more so than you have been. Quick disclaimer, the views and opinions expressed in this podcast are provided for informational purposes only and should not be construed as an offer to buy or sell any securities or to make or consider any investment or course of action. For more information, go to bestevershow.com. Best ever listeners, today's guest is being interviewed by Theo Hicks. You know Theo, he's with us every Friday on Follow Along Friday. You're going to get a lot of value from this conversation. So with that being said, let's get going. Hello, best ever listeners, and welcome to the Best Real Estate Investing Advice Ever Show. I'm Theo Hicks, and well, we're back for the Actively Passive Investing Show. So Travis, how are you doing today? Doing great. Excited to be here. Got a fun topic. We do, we do. So we're going to talk about 
reading today and how that can obviously help you in your investing business, but we're going to go over a technique that Travis has for how to read more books every single year. So Travis, I did know that you wanted to mention something before we got started about the show and the reception the show has gotten. Yeah. And you wanted to say some thank you. So maybe you can say that first and then we can dive into today's topic. Sure. Yeah. I forgot this completely last time. Apologies. But so many people reaching out through social media and LinkedIn exclusively, it almost seems like watching our show, just thanking us for making it. So just thank you guys for tuning in. And hopefully this adds some value. We call it the Actively Passive Show because there is so much on the active side of being a passive investor. And we have folks on both sides of the coin, active investors and passive investors. So that's to the point of today's topic, which is about reading, which is obviously something active that you would do to keep up with your education. Hopefully giving you some tips and tricks to make that an easier process, a quicker process, a more efficient process, and maybe point out a couple of things you hadn't heard before. I know Theo's got some really cool thoughts and insights here on what methods he uses. And then I do as well. So between the two of us, you can find a couple things that'll help cut the learning curve for you. Yes, exactly. So let's go over your strategy first, sure. how, how you read, and then I'll kind of ask you some follow-up questions or maybe give my thoughts on it as well. But I would say that overall, before we dive into this, I think Travis's strategy, he'll explain it, but I think his strategy is really good for trying to very quickly pull out the top best things in order to immediately implement those in yours. Whereas my strategy is more for if you want to read a textbook, <laughs> like if you're reading like the best ever apartment syndication book, and it's more of a, a book that's written by like a step-by-step process. I'm saying that because our strategies are completely different, but the point is that both are helpful based off of what you're actually trying to accomplish and what types of books you yeah. are reading. And you mentioned that in the article. Oh yeah. And that's something to mention. This is all off a blog that I wrote a couple months back called how to read 52 books in a year, which is something I did in 2015. In full transparency, this isn't the exact strategy that I used to read 52 books. So I didn't just skim 52 books as we're kind of going to cover today, more or less how to get through a book, let's say an hour, just to put a time frame to it. That's actually not what I did then, but it's what I do since because it was just information overload that year. I had incredible amounts of information being poured at me like a fire hose, but for anyone that's familiar with the cone of learning, you've probably seen a diagram. It looks like the food pyramid. I think it was, gosh, what's his name? Edgar Dale, I think was his name that came up with this. And it's basically how much information we can retain as humans <laughs> based on what method we're consuming the information. So for example, for reading, statistically, we're only going to retain about 10% of what we read. So this is just a method to make that percentage jump a little higher and to cut that time commitment. If it takes you a month or two or three to get through a book, as I said, this is a way to take one hour and get the majority of what the book is trying to tell you. But to your point, Theo, even my strategy here, this strategy is really nonfiction stuff. It's self-help. It's how-to books. It's things like that. But anything that's going to follow a chronological order, or it's going to be like in story format, this is not going to be a good strategy for books like that. Just to lay that out there. Is Edgar Dale's cone of um, experience, E-D-G-A-R. It's a pyramid. And I found a really nice picture. It's a green pyramid. It has different types of way you can consume content. And then it has 
the percentage of information retained based off of whatever you're doing. So I never heard this before. Interesting. Oh, really? Okay. The book I'm going to talk about as my example is Robert Kiyosaki book. I think that's where I probably picked up on that for the first time was through him. But just to give simple, I don't have it in front of me. I forget what they are, but I know 10% is reading. And I think it's like, I don't 20% know. 20% of what you hear, 30% of what you see, 50% of what you see and hear, 70% of what you say and write, and then 90% yep. of what you do. Exactly. And we'll get to hopefully more to that 50 to 70% range. And I'll show you how to do that. And again, this is just a form of speed reading, but instead of just flying through page by page like that and going through 400 of them and trying to retain what you can, it's a little bit different strategies. So it's five steps, and I guess I'll just jump right into them. The first three steps have nothing to do with even reading. (laughs) So pretty easy. There's only two real steps, but basically setting some blocks of time aside to read. So I think myself included, and I know a lot of people, when you make this vague commitment, like, Hey, this Saturday, I'm just going to read all day, or I'm going to read this afternoon. And there's no clear timeframes or timetables. We often get distracted, right? You might get 45 minutes in and then, oh, I got a phone call. Oh, I forgot about that email. Oh, I got to go cook dinner, whatever. So I think blocking out two or three intervals per day, 15, 20 minute range, something like that puts you in the ballpark of an hour per day. And it doesn't have to be every day. Think about yourself, your schedule, your routine, make it sustainable. Maybe it's 10 minute intervals three times a day. I don't know. Morning, evening, night whatever works. So that's step one. Step two is decide ahead of time on what you want your outcome to be for the book that you're reading. That's really important. I don't think a lot of people do that, but this book here that I'm going to use as my example is called Second Chance. Robert Kiyosaki came out several years back, author of Rich Dad, Poor Dad. So Second Chance, what comes to mind if I knew nothing about this book is let's say I lost a lot of money in the last recession or the downturn, or maybe I made some financial mistakes in my life previously. And what I get from this is, well, here's a second chance to think differently about it or to come back stronger or try something new or different. So that would be my outcome. I want to learn how I can have a second chance financially speaking. That's step two. Step three, we talked about this before the show, bookmarks, sticky notes. I've got all kinds of colors and types and sizes. It's whatever works for you. But the point is you want to highlight sections that are easy to find, like key concepts, topics, things that really stood out, things that were really helpful. And when you put this book away back to your shelf, you have these tabs so that, again, back to the cone of learning, we only retain 10%, let's say, if I read this book. Well, I want to be able to go back in five years and say, what was that book about again? Or I know there was something in that book. I can't remember exactly what it was, but it really was helpful or whatever. And then you can just clearly go back in a matter of minutes and figure out what it was. Mm-hmm. <laughs> a little overwhelming to go back to a four or 500 page book and forget what it was you're even looking for and try to find it. <laughs> you pretty much just have to reread it. So mm-hmm. that would be step three is simple organization. So one, two, and three is just prep work, right? So to jump into it, this is what I do to get through a book in roughly an hour, depending on the book, obviously, and the size and the chapter lengths and all that. Step four is read the front cover, the subtext for your money, your life, in our world, Kiyosaki, second chance, yada, yada. The back's actually got quite a bit on here. It says the past, the present, the future. You will learn how we got into this financial crisis and what we can learn from the past, the present, 
is learning from the past, you'll have the opportunity to make new decisions from the present for a better and brighter financial future. And then the future, you will learn how to guide yourself and your loved ones through this growing financial crisis. So that's just one small section, but this kind of gives you clearly what this book is about. Some things to think about. You may even need to use that to go back to step two, which is defining your outcome. Then a lot of books have a jacket. There'll be some text in here. This one doesn't have it, but definitely read that after you read the front and back cover, the inside jacket there. This one has a dedication. That'd be fine to read that. I was really thinking about more the introduction. Definitely read the introduction. This book only has literally a one-page introduction, so that's really short. So basically the foreword, the introduction, and the jacket, right? And then we're going to jump right into chapter one, okay? And this is all step four. So the jacket covers, introduction, dedication, chapter one. So most books are going to lay out the land for you in chapter one. It's usually a pretty lengthy chapter, and it's just the core concept. This is what this book is about. This is why I wrote it. They're making the case for what it is, right? So it's going to have the meat of what this book's all about. Now, so, so far, we haven't done much different from reading any other book like we've all learned in school and done our whole lives. Here's where it changes, though. Step five, the last step, you're going to skip all the way to the last chapter in the book for the same purposes as I just pointed out for chapter one. Often in the last chapter, there's going to be a really detailed recap. Okay, this is what we learned in the book. This is what we studied. These were some of the key takeaways. This is more or less what the conclusion is, right? So again, just painting the big picture. And then this book, I think, even has final thoughts. So definitely check that out. But you can see in here, this is all part of the last chapter. It says right here, Here's a few ideas as you consider your second chance on what this could mean for your life, your spirit, your family, your future. One, two, three. So it's just recapping the book to give you the most out of this. And a lot of people are phased out in the middle anyway. Right? We're not going to retain a lot of that. So this is just getting right to the point, highlighting, bookmarking, taking notes, all that good stuff. Then here's the very last step that you do. Go all the way back to the table of contents in the book. And here's the key. Find one or two, maybe three at the most, depending on how much you love the book at this point, chapters that you actually want to read that are going to help you accomplish your outcome or your goal. So just skimming through here, I would probably read the next crash, chapter five, because I want to know thoughts on what is this crash? What are you talking about? What does that mean for me? And what else would I read? Chapter 13, the opposite of get out of debt. That sounds interesting because you would think you'd want to get out of debt. So what does he mean by the opposite of that? So those would be probably two chapters that I would focus on. And from there, literally, you're going to be so much more organized than most people who read. You're going to have things that you can reference and go back to. And of course, you can read the full book if you're really that into it and you love it. But the concept here is you put five books on your table and that's overwhelming sometimes. You think, God, that's going to take me a year to get through all that. And here's a way to do that in a week. You can just blow through them and then maybe pick the favorite one out of those five and say, man, that one seemed really interesting from what I read. I'd like to finish it. Mm -hmm. And then double down on that one. And maybe one of them you skim like this for an hour and you go, yeah, it's kind of crap. <laughs> I don't think I'm going to learn much from that book. And that's the point, right? Don't waste your time. Value your time. So that's the strategy to get through a book a lot quicker instead of the traditional speed read, which is reading super fast and trying to comprehend that. I'm not good at that. 
I've taken courses on it and I just struggle with it. So this is a way to retain more. And to your point earlier, Theo, with that cone of learning, I think you said 70% is right, or at least that's part of the 70% equation. So, you know, write down notes. Yeah, Yeah, say and write. So say it after you read the book. (laughs) Recite your bullet points to someone. Now you're all the way to 70% instead of 10. So something to think about, but that's my strategy in a nutshell. Thanks for sharing that. And if you've ever written a book before, or if you understand how the process of writing a book goes, this strategy makes more sense because as Travis mentioned, typically what happens is you want to really summarize the book in the intro or the first chapter. So obviously in that book, Travis was talking about, it wasn't summarized in the intro, it was summarized in the first chapter. And so basically you usually don't write the intro until after you write the entire book. And then if the intro is 20 paragraphs is one paragraph per chapter. And so even you could even use the intro to say, okay, well, in paragraph 15, it talks about something very, very interesting. And then you go to the table of contents and says, oh, chapter 15 is talking about that particular paragraph in the intro. So you can read that too. But obviously you get that from reading the first chapter, reading the intro. Something else too is a lot of the middle parts of the books is what authors do is they'll have per chapter, maybe it'll be one particular concept they're trying to get across. So they'll say that concept in the intro and in the beginning of the chapter, and then they'll have 20 or 30 pages going into more detail and giving examples, which is obviously good to read sometimes, but really if all you want is the concept, then you don't even need to read that chapter in general. And one other thing too that I thought about as you were talking was, I remember, I think his name is Ty Lopez. He talks about how he reads a book every day. So his strategy, from what I remember, I watched this video years ago, is he just downloads Spark Notes and basically reads the Spark Notes of that book. And then that's yeah. how he gets all the info. Now, the only issue I think with doing that is you're going to be getting a summary, maybe a real estate book or a self-help book that's not written by someone who specializes in that. So they might miss something. So I think Travis's strategy is a lot better because you won't miss the important things. Now, the one thing I want to mention before I talk about what I do really quickly is taking a step back and asking yourself, how do I know what books to actually read, right? Because there's mm-hmm. thousands, there's millions of books out there. Yep. And if you don't have a lot of time to read, obviously this strategy would help. But if you even have less time, you want to make sure that every book you read is completely worth it. Then just make sure you're getting your book recommendations from someone who's at where you want to be. So if you want to be a really successful apartment indicator, then I would recommend reading books, listening to the podcasts or reading the blogs of really good apartment indicators, really good passive investors and see what they're reading, and then just pick those books and just start there. That's a lot better than going to a random top book list online or following their recommendations on Amazon or something. So mm-hmm. that's how I pick books that I want to read is that people who have information that I want <laughs> or are at where I want to be, they have a recommended book list. I'll read that and only that. And once exactly. I go through that, I can move out somewhere else. That's like one of the most common questions I think I'm asked when I'm a guest on podcasts. What's your favorite book or your top three books that have changed your life? Things like that. That's a great source to get that information. Again, if you want to be whatever, a passive investor, go listen to a podcast with passive investors, see what they say about books. Great point. I love it. So really quickly, what I do is kind of similar. So usually whenever I read books, I go in a lot of detail, like a crazy person. So strategy is more for if you, let's say you follow Travis's strategy and you find that one book that you want to read through fully, 
So again, I'd never heard of this Edgar Dale's Cone of Experience before, but he says that the best way to retain knowledge is to actually do it, act on that knowledge. And then before that is to say and to write it. And so literally what I'll do is I'll read the book. And then while I'm reading it, I will underline, highlight, maybe a statement or two, what concept is being talked about or whatever. And so I'll read the entire book that way. And then I'll go back through and I'll look at the words I had at the top of each page. And then it kind of depends on how detailed the book is, but maybe for each chapter, you take a post-it note and you put it at the front of the chapter and then you write your notes yeah. on that chapter. It could either be very detailed or it could just be bullet point form. And then you do that for each chapter and then you can stop there. I don't stop there. I go further than that. But if you stop there, then you go back through your book and like Travis has a little notes at the top for you. You don't have to open the book again if you don't want to. You can just say, okay, you can just quickly read through the 10 post-it notes in five minutes. So five years later, you want to go back to the book and remember what you learned. All you need to do is read these five bullet points as opposed to reading the 300-page book again. So that's kind of the take care of the reading part and you take care of the writing part. And then if you want to go even above and beyond that, you can write a page worth in Microsoft Word, summarizing the chapter after you've read that chapter or later. Or even better, as Travis said, you can say it out loud. <laughs> so usually when I read a book, I'll annoy my wife by on our walks. I'll just start talking about the concepts that I learned in that book to her and she'll ask questions and it makes you think about it more. Or you can turn it into a thought leadership platform where you can talk to listeners about what you learned. So not only are you obviously helping other people, adding value to their lives, but you're also helping retain that knowledge even more. Because as he says in here, the best way is to perform a presentation <laughs> on the information yeah. that you learned. It's, so this is design, perform a presentation. And so you read a book, you take your notes, and then you do a presentation on that book for say an hour. Even if you don't even record it, it'd be good to record it and post it, but you don't have to. You can just say it out loud in your office to yourself. And that way you'll retain that knowledge, as he says here, 90% as opposed to just reading it and that's it. Exactly. That's something I just started doing too. Just these relevant book reviews to the industry that we're in multifamily. I did one last week on the hands-off investor and it really helped. I just finished up that book and for reasons that we're talking about, I wanted to really sink the point home of what that book was about and recap it. So I did make a video. I did record it. I did post it, but I don't know how many of those I'll do, but one, it helps other people instead of what we're talking about reading a book in an hour, maybe they can watch a 10 minute video and get the gist of it. But two, it helped me remember <laughs> some key concepts. So whatever works for you, like I said earlier, before we started this, whether it's not about my method versus your method versus anybody's method, just do what works for you. But don't waste your time reading a book that's not giving you any value or super long book that you're already six hours in and you can only say one thing about it. <laughs> this is just a point to almost like vet books out too. The most time you're going to risk is an hour. And if it's junk, you just quit. And if it's great, then you saved a month or whatever. So it's kind of a win-win. Yeah, it's definitely a really good vetting process. And kind of, again, going back to this pyramid and the experience of writing a book, writing blog posts or everything, you'd be surprised by how much more you retain information when you write it. Someone could say something and you might remember a blog post you wrote five years ago about that topic that you spent five, six hours writing. So I think that if you truly want to retain that information, once you identify it using Travis's strategy, you need to, in some form, do this perform a presentation, whether it's writing it 
or saying it out loud if you truly want to retain it and be able to have it naturally come up whenever you see something that might be relevant. Is there anything else that you want to mention about this reading technique or any reading technique or how you read? I remember you mentioned that you don't necessarily follow this strategy or you didn't, or I can't remember exactly what you said in the beginning. Yeah, just remember that this is good for books like these, nonfiction, how-to, self-help, all that good stuff. But again, if you're going to go read Harry Potter, forget about this and <laughs> things yeah. like that, fiction books. And the other thing is I listen to a lot of audio books too. At least before COVID, I was traveling a ton all the time. I was on the go, sometimes hard to read a physical book. So mix and match, right? Maybe as you're in your car, you're doing an audio book, but when you get home in the evenings, you're doing a physical book. So it's just one tool. I'm all about just sharing helpful knowledge hacks and tools and things like that. So try it out. That's the best thing you can do for yourself. Go grab a book, a nonfiction how-to self-help book, and just try it. Try it for yourself and see what you think after an hour of that. And then take a book maybe that you've read previously where you didn't do this. You just read it front to back three years ago. How much do you remember about that book? What could you tell somebody? Could you teach a 20 minute presentation on it and just see if it helps? That's all I can really say. <laughs> yes. And I'll summarize and say, when it comes to reading, I think it's quality over quantity. So it's much better to read one fantastic book that you get 52 takeaways than to read 52 books that you yeah. get one takeaway from. <laughs> I can <laughs> attest to that. <laughs> so if you want to read this blog post in full it's a really well-written blog post. It gives case studies of some very successful people and how many books they read and their thoughts on reading. And then it has the step-by-step -step process and how you benefit. It's called A Life-Changing Technique, How to Read 52 Books a Year by Travis Watts. This one's on Bigger Pockets, but I think it's on the Joe Fairless website as well. So Travis, thanks again for joining us. I, I always enjoy these. And best of listeners, thank you for listening as well. Go out there and read your book today in one hour and have a best ever day. And we'll talk to you tomorrow. Likewise. Thanks, Theo. And thank you guys so much for listening and tuning in. PropStream is an all-in-one platform that gives you the tools you need to reach more leads, book more meetings, and close more deals with less work. With PropStream, you can find vacant and off-market properties, locate potential investors, or gain invaluable market insight in seconds. PropStream also features state-of-the-art marketing tools that allow you to send out direct mail postcards and ringless voicemail, which will help you close more deals with less stress. Visit your7dayfreetrial.com to start your free trial and experience all the amazing features PropStream has to offer. That's your, the number seven, dayfreetrial.com. Best ever listeners, we have launched bestevercauses.com. That's bestevercauses.com. We profile a nonprofit or a cause that is near and dear to our heart, get the word out about their cause, and also donate money towards their cause. If you'd like to, one, learn more about the causes that we're profiling, we do one a month, then go to bestevercauses.com. And if you want to suggest a cause that we profile that is near and dear to your heart, then go to bestevercauses.com. And there's a little form at the bottom of the page where you can submit one and we'll check it out.